Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Who messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where tonight we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from August 15th of 1987. I'm sitting here with Doc and Hardbody Opera. The patron episode that we just cut was non-wrestling related, and it was the sickest patron episode <laughs> to date. Hopper, oh. I don't even know how to ask you how you're doing after what you just told Doc and I on a 30-minute patron episode. I'm doing great. I don't I disagree with that, and I'm throwing a flag on that. I don't. I think I think we ought to let Harper go so he can go down to the free clinic. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, Harper, just make sure you you get your blood work done, and because you were in something dirty, and that patron episode has got my stomach queasy. Oh, Mike yeah. not deal with it well. Blood yeah. Hey, I'm assuming, Mike, that black broads don't do that kind of stuff, Bruh, No, um, hey, you know we don't, we don't, we don't sell things that don't happen. So if you're not a patron, we should go ahead and tell you right now it's time to become one because that was the sickest and craziest story we've had on patron content yet. It, it was sick. It's just disgusting <laughs> to be honest with Whatever, you. And let man. me just let me just say this. Um, it was depravity. Harper, let's broads. just say this. Har- Harper had a great weekend. Yeah. White, white broads do some they got no weird shit. They do. That's why black guys like them. They got Jesus. knees. Why do you think Phil Allen's always hanging out with a bunch of white broads? Because he can get them to do <laughs> skeevy shit. Like that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh-huh. uh, Doc, how are you tonight? Oh, well. <laughs> I feel like um, I might need a shower after that. <laughs> I definitely and I'm need not, a I am in no way, in no way overselling what we just heard. <laughs> um, wow. It was um, so bad, I really couldn't laugh. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was, it was certainly something. Um, Let me just say I, this. The, the brothers out there, the brothers that listen to this show, which we got a lot of brothers that listen to this show, you ain't going to like it. Yeah, I'm big in the black community. I didn't know if you know. <laughs> the, the white guys. Oh, they're gonna eat it up. <laughs> Harper went Harper went beyond race here. It's just utterly disgusting. Let me warn Harper, people out there. What's wrong with that? He's transcending race with this one. Um, okay. 
Yeah. So how am I doing? I'm doing great, man, because uh, by the time this will have aired, we'll have already made it through the Thanksgiving bullshit. And uh, guess what? Just like I told you we were going to do, the Dallas Cowboys are back on top, pal. I am feeling it. Going to win the division. I told you. Okay, yeah, sure you told Fuck they might, bro. No fight about it. Um, we're going to snap into a Slim Jim like an Alex Smith tibia. Let me tell you something. I'm going to prove once and for all tonight that me and Denim are not the same person. I can still like him, okay, and certainly he loves me. But I'm a Cowboys fan, not a Redskins fan, so that's going to prove that. Um, other than that, man, the Saints are looking good, too. How are y'all living? This will come out the night that we play you guys. Yeah. I hope all of y'all die before then. Yeah, right. Go, 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 go. Right. So, I don't know. I got some other things I want to talk about in a minute, though. We'll, t- we'll wait till we get into the... I mean, we'll save the sh- some of the shenanigans. You like to save them for the show now, so... Um, and well, I'm a little... Sh- and I'm a little shenaniganed out, by the way, after what we just dealt with. God bless America. Me too. Let me get a couple of things in real quick. So first off, shout out to the largest patron contributor we have monthly. Disrespectfully, classy Marky Blassie. Uh, and don't forget to come join the Facebook group as well. Everybody out there, it's Facebook. I'm sorry, tinyurl.com slash BTTFB group, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast group. And then a couple of shout outs to some new patrons. Brian Withers, longtime listener, now patron on Patreon. Thank you, Brian. Brian's Twitter is at Brian K. Withers. So thanks again. Chandler Vincent, same thing as Brian, man. Uh, thanks for becoming a patron. And if you're on Twitter, please send me your uh, Twitter at, and I'll shout you out. And then Anthony, thank you for the uh, PayPal donation you made to the show. I guess it'll be about two weeks ago now. I've been forgetting to tell it, so thank you. You've been forgetting to split it three ways, too. Yeah, dick. I mean, Harper's <laughs> got to have some blood work done. That's just, yeah, I'm going to piss on true. you. Hey, ho, ho. <laughs> Okay, Faye, brother. God. <laughs> God is right. <laughs> I don't think people realize the grossness of that episode. But anyway. I can imagine Tom. some seedy hotel room in New Orleans and just it's kind of muggy down there. So you're sweaty everywhere and just. Bro, if, you think, if you think the Super 8 in, the, in Morristown is bad and the Smoky Mountains, whatever hotel room that was in that that went down at Harper described can you imagine the, the germs smell? and the d- disease and badussy smell in that bitch yeah, I walked down the halls I mean man you you open the door and it's like it was a like nice hotel still- bro. It, it was like one of those like 300 400 dollars a night hotels well you St. Shit, Charles yo. I'd say you you definitely got your money's worth. Oh on, yeah, on that one. Jesus. All right, Doc, Doc. Um, before we get into NWA, did you want to do whatever you got beforehand? Uh, you said you got some shenanigans, or are no. you shenanigan out? For now, we let's. You know, I, I don't even know if we can talk about this wrestling, man. I, I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's hard to render. The menace and I speechless, but I don't know what else we have in us after that. We're old married men. We're not exposed to that level of depravity on a daily basis. Yeah, because I was talking to fucking Andrew about it. Fucking Andrew Mayu. And he's like, I was like, dude, I fuck 
with this shit. Right. He's like, okay, okay, let's keep it to the patrons. Uh, all right, well then, fuck. But what no, did well, Andrew? Well, well, don't don't tell the people what happened, but <laughs> say what Andrew, no. the advice Andrew gave you. He's just. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it now. No, you got <laughs> to. You got to. We're here. Sell he's it. Like, it's piss. It's not piss. Okay. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the teaser. There you go. <laughs> God, so, I'm so gross. classic wrestling, This is huh? disgusting, man. Like, is, is, this what, is this what we had in mind about four years ago when we were like, dude, no. we should start a wrestling podcast? <laughs> no. This is so far from where, where, where we were. Good well, God. Yeah, there's no going back now, pal. We're here. And Doc, it started so innocent with you and I talking about the, uh, you know, an episode with the T Rex, and then, God, it went from that to we all need tetanus shots and, and blood Dude. work. Just listening to that, what Harper described, it's very true. Everything has gone horribly dirty. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was, just <laughs> it was a great night. <laughs> of course, it was. It all morning long too, man. Oh, Jesus. All right. Are we ready to get into NWA now? I feel like, well, yeah, I feel like we're in Breaking Bad when we're just, we've gone too far to the dark side to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's start a sex podcast. No, no, no. All right. Let's, let's get into this now. Again, it's Saturday night on TBS, August the 15th of 1987. The show opens with Flair wanting to get in the ring during a Midnight Express match. Uh, where the Midnight Express are battling the Garvins. Uh, Shivani does tell us that Animal has an eye injury, but it is healing up. Paul Ellering is also injured, according to Shivani uh, at the beginning. Uh, they they also mention all of this related to Ellering and Animal because War Games is evidently coming up, and it's going to be in the UIC Pavilion in Chicago. So that was the main reason behind them mentioning the injuries to Ellering and Animal. Uh, Doc... Um, what did you have from anything from this? And we're going to see more about this later on in the show, but uh, anything from the opening or you want to save it till later? See how confused Corny looked when Rick came up like, Whoa, Whoa, what's going on here? What are you doing, pal? And then I thought the next war games match, the match beyond next one was in the orange bowl. What happened there? Yeah. And a citrus bowl or whatever the fuck it was. The orange bowl. It was citrus, but I get it. Barechi, Maselli. No, I think it passed already. I think oh, we passed okay. the date of that. So now we're we're at August 15th now, so that's why they're talking about the UIC Pavilion in Chicago. But whatever. All right. So then they go from that to Jimmy Garvin defeats Cougar J. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on Jimmy Garvin, Cougar J? All right. Straight from there, it was a nothing match, Hopper. Don't worry. Then straight from there, we got Jimmy Garvin, a promo. So I'm not playing this. Uh, this is the thing about this. This this promo kind of pissed me off, and it wasn't because of Garvin. It's Why? just that they're having Garvin, and they're talking to him, and they're talking about Barry being his tag team partner and looking for the goal from the Midnight Express. I, I, like... I feel like every week I watch this, Barry is just bouncing around to something else. Doc, um, did you have anything similar to that, or did you just kind of like screw it? I'm I'm not paying attention anymore. It's kind of crazy what's going on with Barry here. Yeah, I, I well, and to that end, I don't understand what's going on because 
at one time it was Ron Garvin and Barry, and now then it was Ron Garvin and Jimmy Garvin, and now it's Jimmy Garvin and Barry Wyndham, and it's just all too much. It's he's still the southern whatever champion, huh? He's the southern stomper. Okay. <laughs> uh, Barry, you're talking about Barry is still the, Her- the Western Heritage champion? Yeah, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Whatever yes, the fuck. Is. That's right. He is. That, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, where we're at with this thing with him now. But they anyway, you're right. at least. Well, I mean, he went from Ronnie to now he's uh, talking about tagging with Garvin and blah, blah, blah. It, dude, they just, just They're threw Barry every- this. Oh my God, it's it's ridiculous. Um, it's like Jason Garrett with two minutes to go and three timeouts. You can be rest assured that we're going to kick a fifty-five yard field goal. Oh yeah, J- Jason will buddy Landell it all the way up, no doubt about it. And then it. start clapping about it. And he'll clap about it. At least Buddy took a bump up his nose when he would do it, but not Garrett. Whoa! How awesome would that be for Garrett to just like you know do what you just said, Doc? Mess it up, but then he takes a bump of a of some cocaine off his, on the sideline, off his ha- off his finger. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'd, I'd have more respect for him than I do now. That'd be freaking fantastic. Just take a bump in the middle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Reporters asking him after the game, Jason, what did you uh, take a sniff off of your finger of? Uh, I cracked open on some cocaine. I just took a sniff of it. Like People would be speechless. Anyway. Yeah. Is that, are so, you proud of that? I don't know. Uh, after that, though, we got Kendall Wyndham. He defeats Gladiator 1. And then, um, Doc, do you have anything? I am playing this Kendall Wyndham promo because I want to Hell yeah, because he, he puts his flag down out for the little the lovely ladies. Yes. So uh, here is Kendall Wyndham, and I think this is his first promo. I know we've seen him, but I don't think he's promoed on Saturday night yet. So Mm-mm. here it is. Okay, we're back with Kendall Wyndham. Kendall, congratulations. Another great win for you. Thank you very much, Tony Boy. I'm just really excited to be here with Jim Crocker Promotions and the Superstation. You know, everybody around here knows who my father is. I know who my brother is. So everybody knows I have some very, very big footsteps to fall into. Well, I'm champion bound. You know, I'm really wanting to be a champion. So I'm just going to guarantee everybody throughout any of every arena that I go to, I'm going to get 100% in every match that I'm in because I'm looking for a bell. I take a second to say hello to all the young ladies out there. Kendall Wyndham. Fans, let's go to the ring. Boy, that's a goofy-looking bastard. Doc, what did you have? And you, you need to stop being racist. Okay. That's what Dude, white people like, look like. What's your problem? He is such a knockoff ham, Sam Houston. It's ridiculous. He is, man. What do you want me to do about it? Uh, nothing. Um, what do you have from it? He's saying hi to all the ladies. You know what that means. <laughs> okay. Uh, Busting guts and fucking butts. Just from listening to that, I would picture him looking like uh, Bill Murray and fucking Caddyshack. Mike may not be able to know what that means. No, I saw Caddyshack. It's been a million years, though. Uh, literally a million years, which is way too long. Way too long. I'm all right. But the dude, like, he, he's, Doc, he looks like, he's starting to talk about the ladies. He looks like he's ready for maybe Margie from Smoky Mountain. Yeah, fuck that. What's your point? Okay, anyway. Uh, he's Kendall Williams, man. Wyndham, you mean? 
Yeah, Wyndham. What do you What do you want from him? That's about as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. All right. Does he have a, uh, a speech pediment or something? <laughs> He's a Wyndham. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Wow. He. I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was like nervous or what. Like, he's probably a little nervous, man, or the wind blew and it knocked him off his feet because he's so skinny. Because <laughs> it was, like, really kind of weird, like, just watching him. He he looked really, really nervous. And, again, he's just – he's a freaking knockoff Sam Okay, let me point. see. Let's see. I'm going to check out and see how old he is because, dude, he looks like a child. Yeah, he's probably, like, 21 years old. Now, let me see. Uh. Phil Allen did post on the Facebook group. He posted some early stuff from Barry Wyndham in Florida, and Barry was skinny too. So I mean, it runs in the family. Kendall obviously. Williams was Wyndham. nineteen. Wyndham. Jesus, nineteen. Wow, he's a kid. Yeah, he's barely fucking old enough to buy a pack of cigarettes. Wow, he's nineteen. Fifty now. Right. All right, so let's keep it moving. We got He's huge now, by the way. He's huge. Well, if you remember, I, I mean, remember him doing like on Nitro during the Monday Night Wars? He looks like Tank. No, he looks like Tank Abbott now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, well, they're all big. That's what. Yeah. I remember uh, Cornette saying uh, that's the Wyndham thing is they, they all get big. He filled out, though, during the Monday Night Wars when he was wrestling on Nitro. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't skinny. I was, I was drunk then, maybe even high. That's really classy of you. All right, we got Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man. And I could do, just, look, I could almost do everything up to and including killing a man on tonight's show and still be in second place at the classy, the classy, take the silver medal in the classy Olympics. You mean after <laughs> what we got from Harper in that patron? Yeah. All right, we got Boogie who defeats Terry Jones. And then. Uh, all jokes aside, Doc, uh, we haven't heard Boogie and Talk Crazy in a while, so I'm playing Boogie right here. Here it is. I'm going to go pee. I'll be back. Right. I'm going to pee on you. Harper, listen to this stupidity. Hey, there he is, the Boogeyman, Jimmy Vine. Jimmy, a great win. Do you hear that, don't you? Yeah, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. How about Mrs. Grandma Chavanto over there in Virginia? Yeah, baby. You know something, baby? The Boogeyman not only has the great laser tron for a partner, but he also has... He also has the crazy man, Bugsy, my bro. You know, I got the Bugsman out of the nut house. You, you know, some like a nut, another one loves a nut, you understand? Well, Jesus. this Boogie Man loves a nut, baby. Me and Bugsy, you know what you <laughs> for? The six-man tag. I got Laser Beam, I got the Bugsman, and you got Boogie Man forever. All right, all right. Jimmy Vine, fans, we'll be back right after this timeout. He, he said Boogie loves a nut. Hopper, what, is that, what does that make you think of? I forgot about fucking Laser Tron and fucking Buzz Sawyer. Not Buzz you Sawyer. You mean Bugs Bugsy. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean fucking uh, Bugsy McGraw. We're all shoveled tonight, man. We got knocked off of our, our foundation here. Boogie, Boogie just said he, he loves a nut. Is he talking about crazy people or busting one? I don't know, man. 
I mean, he's talking about Bugsy, but the way it came off is like, okay. Uh, all right, Doc, what do you have from that? I was just wondering when Lasertron's going to turn on him, because like everybody else does. Everybody does turn on Boogie. Um, I don't know. It was good to hear from Boogie, though. We haven't. Heard and from I feel like I feel like there's. You remember back in the day, Harper, when you go buy a CD and they'd have the two ninety nine pile, like the three ninety nine, five ninety nine pile of like the discard pile, the the used bin or whatever. I feel like Ivan Koloff and Manny and and Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man are all over there in that fucking bargain bin. Nice price. Shit. I think that one fell flat, Doc. I think Harper's gone. No, he's here. None. That's where they are. They're in that they're <laughs> in the, they're in that fucking bargain bin that, that with, with with fucking striper and, and, and yeah. those assholes. Right. Say quack, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why that just came to my mind. I was thinking about he's he's running around. He's bagging his broad. Did you tell that broad Saturday night to say quack, motherfucker? Uh-uh. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, Doc, anything before I keep moving? No, oh, man. See, it didn't fall flat. Harper knew what I was talking about. He just <laughs> couldn't manage his technology. Yeah, they're just they're they're just sitting there, just like eh. I mean, you're not bad. It's just it's just we kind of moved on from you, right? Sean Royal defeats Larry. Speaking of moving on things, Oof. yeah. Well, Sean Royal defeats Larry Stevens. Five star match here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on Sean Royal and Larry Stevens? No, it went a while, didn't it? It went way too long. Um, a ridiculous amount of time, to be frank with you. God, I mean, we had maybe five minutes. Just, just At too least. Much. Like just too 30. much. 30. Felt like 30. Yeah, just way too much. So, uh, But we do go directly from Sean Royal um, winning his match to a rather ridiculous Sean Royal promo. Here that is. Jeez. Christ. Like we said before, we are back with one half of the new breed, Sean Royal, and a lot of letters, a lot of calls about Chris Champion. Well, that's actually where Chris has been. Chris is right here, Tony. It's obvious that you can't see him, but it's very evident, and uh, Chris is very much alive. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let me clarify for people who Why is he don't... slurring words? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Chris Champion is not on set right there. There is no Chris Champion. So, so let me point that out uh, to you all. Uh, now let's keep going. Sorry that you people at home might not be able to see him. It's just a mere illusion that uh, you'll be able to understand in a few light years. Well, let's uh, let's talk about a little rest. What's that? Excuse me for a second. What's that, Chris? Chris wants to know when the uh, Tony Giovanni workout book's going to come out. Tony says you've been looking pretty good lately. There's nobody over there, Sean. There's nobody there. Oh, you're lost. You've lost all hope. Let's talk about wrestling. What's going on in the world of wrestling today? Certain man, Dusty Rhodes, coming out talking about, let me tell you now, I've got the Weaver Lock, the most nicknamed the Weaver Lock. Let me tell you what's happening, Dusty Rhodes. Come over New Breeze Pad 
We put the space lock on you, brother. Send your mind in the levels of higher understanding you never even dreamed about. Thank you. And then let's understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, hold on, but hold on a second. Hey, New Breed is alive and well and is feeling very much alive. Rock and Roll Express, you boys best watch your back. You got a few things coming down the road that you might not be able to handle. Good day. No, oh, God. Out of the ring. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, is, God. Is he drunk or high or both? I, I got a bigger question. I think I he's filled up. You think he's filled up, Hopper? Yeah. Okay. Is that the worst promo we've heard in four years of doing this? That's got to be. I mean, on top of my head, I can't think of one that's just as bad or worse. But I mean, we've made a living off of just kneecapping Tim Horner, but he ain't ever cut one that bad. I, like I said, I, I was trying to figure out if he smoked a blunt or if he was drunk. But I think, but then Harper said, "Oh, he's pilled up." <laughs> Is he all three? Maybe. Fuck, bro. Maybe he's just country and nervous. I, I, I don't think so. Okay, let me throw this at y'all. What do you think Tony Schiavone is thinking? Like, is Tony actually... Did, did Tony legit right there go, what the fuck? I yeah, think Tony... he I think he kind of did. He was... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> like, not. he's not acting. This is not... <laughs> this is he shoot. looked at him like, what the shit is this shit? <laughs> okay. So, Hopper, do you think? What do you think Tony was thinking? Like, like, just say, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Doc. Any other thoughts? Because I, I, then he starts mocking Dusty again. Yeah. So what I would like to point out is we just heard that in Kendall Wyndham, but we're not going to get Arn Anderson in this episode. Okay. So real quick. The first four, we, we didn't play Jimmy Garvin. We've had Garvin so far, Kendall Wyndham, Boogie, and now Sean Royal. The name of this episode is... Do we get Rick? Yeah. Yeah. We oh, get well, Saturday night. Yeah. We get Rick and Dusty. Which, matter of fact, Dusty is up next. Before we get Dusty, though, Ron Garvin comes out, and he beats Dexter Westcott's ass... Um, he but he does that like he gets extra pay for doing it. Look at he, twenty timestamp twenty seven thirty five. Yeah, when he's got him in that bow and arrow shit again, and he's stepping on his head. He steps on the fucker's head and just like, well, he's got him bowed and arrowed. <laughs> I mean, he sh- God, he just stretches this poor. And bastard. you know the bottom of that shoe's got piss on it. Yeah, dude, that's a, like the bottom of a. Of your shoe is fucking disgusting. Hold right. up, bro. The bottom of a wrestling shoe. Right. The absolute shittiest and worst thing. And he's on just the got planet. it on the side of his face while he's stretching him from hell to breakfast. Do yeah. you know the shit and piss that is on the bottom of a wrestling boot? That's why you fucking wipe your feet before you get in the ring. <sighs> Jesus Lord. Okay. 
Doc, any other thoughts on Garvin and Dexter Westcott right there? I wonder if Dexter Westcott tried to like horn in on one of Ronnie's rats at one point. Do you remember when we did this a couple months ago when he stretched him that time and he picked him up oh, by yeah. his drawers and yeah, <laughs> wedged him. <laughs> so re- remember that was that was that was Dexter, but he he oh yeah, he beats, he beats Dexter's poor ass again and finally finishes him off with a knockout punch. All right, so we go from that to the Megan Dream, Dusty Rhodes baby, uh, who's gonna come out and cut a promo. So uh, let's go to Dusty uh, right now if I can get it queued up. Yeah, here it is. We talked about world heavyweight champions three times. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, has been there, the world heavyweight champion. And right now, after Lex Luger and that U.S. heavyweight title. Well, to talk about the wrestling world right now, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, is the new, what they call it, the Weaver Lock. Well, let me tell you about Johnny Weaver, many years in the mid-Atlantic area throughout the country, held many great titles. The major thing he used was a sleeper hole. Dusty Rhodes has been known to learn from experience. So now that Lex Luger had the deep sleep, went to sleep, now he's got to deal with Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. I will be the United States heavyweight champion. Tully Blanchard, the four husbands, they're having to deal with us more than ever right now. And the thing about the people in Denver, Colorado, Monday night, think about this. Now you're in the middle of the weekend. You're having parties. You're watching comedies. You're going out watching entertainment. Well, Monday night, the big time comes to Denver, Colorado. The Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Me, Diana Ross, and my limousine are going to sell that place completely out. And one other thing that I'm so interested in. Ric Flair, three times. Well, they were traveling down the road. Five years, six years, no man has pinned Ric Flair but Dusty Rhodes, but boy, is there a man, Canadian-born man, American citizen, that is glory-bound. And Ronnie Garvin has your number, Ric Flair. Ronnie Garvin has your number, baby. Thank you, Big Dust. How about you, Ric Flair? That is correct. I've got your number. I've got your destiny. I've got everything. You wanted me. Well, you got me. And now you find out that you got a tiger by the tail and you can't handle it because it bites, scratch, stomps, kick, does it all. And you can't get me tired. You can't slow me down. I'm going all out. And I'm going to tell you, September 25th, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. I'm inviting my Canadian friends because I was born in Canada. I am not a proud United States citizen. But I still love Canada. After all, it was my birth country. But I'm going to tell you something, Ric Flair. You and I are in a war. And I'm talking about a war. I'm talking about big time. The biggest time of your life. Talking about a million dollars worth of gold around your waist. And I'm talking about all you cherish in life. Limousine, women, money, glory. I'm going to take it all away from you. And that's a war that nobody, Jim Crockett, NWA, or anybody in this world can stop. And I'm going to tell you when it's going to come to an end. As one of us will go down. And it's going to be you because I'm going to tell you, I don't find out when I put my hands on you. I feel you shake inside. I feel this little voice inside of your tummy here screaming, screaming with panic, total panic. Well, it's too late. You wanted me. You got me. You're going to deal with it and you're going to pay for it. Ron Garvin and fans, a little bit later on the program, we'll take a look at Ron Garvin confronting the world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair.
All right, I wanted to play it because I thought Garvin was really, really fired up right there. But, uh, Doc, any any other thoughts from you? I just think Ronnie Garvin is real fired up. And, uh, I mean, I thought that was a good fiery promo for somebody who's going into uh, Starcade in a few months. Wouldn't he be a turncoat if he decided, I don't want to be Canadian anymore? He'd be I don't a know. He'd be a turncoat to Canadians. Okay. Well, I like Dusty's hat. What'd that say? Yellow hat. What did it say? I didn't note it down. I, I, didn't, say. I didn't write it either. What was that? That virus I got off my phone from watching that yeah. video you sent me from that nasty broad that you fucking yeah. degraded to the nth degree. Hey, you're not somebody till you've been with hard body and she was so <laughs> somebody. Jesus you should have taken a Sharpie out and signed her ass, autographed it, and said, get that tattooed. Add that to the collection, you <laughs> dirty bitch. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, let's hey, see man. Dusty's hat. <laughs> it was Saturday night. I'm surprised you did everything else to that broad. I'm surprised you didn't hit her with a light tube, treat her like David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that? his hat say? I, don't I can't remember. remember. That did, doc. did you Go see ahead. that mic that David Arquette got lacerated? Yeah, what a fucking um, idiot! <laughs> I only that saw. Guy, I only that saw guy's a shithead every time he's involved with wrestling. I only saw that he apologized for it today, but I haven't actually watched the video. What do you apologize for? I have no because he he um, got into a hardcore match and got cut from fucking in the neck and was bleeding everywhere and panicked started so, shooting so did he not realize never mind bro i don't even want to know no say it never mind hey no i, I we just, know I might saying, as well we know how you like to treat former world champions on yeah. on this show because <laughs> <laughs> i had one run in with tommy rich no and bro I'm not wrestlers aren't badasses by any means, but god damn it, you gotta you gotta know what you're getting into, man. I mean come on, bruh. Are are you saying he Doc, based on what you just told me, again, I haven't seen the video, so let me just point that out again. He got stabbed? What are you saying? He, he got, got hit in the, in the neck. That, he got in the ring with that dude that robbed a bank a few years ago and then got out of prison and is wrestling again. Gage, is that his name? Oh, fuck, I think I remember him. Yeah, and apparently they had some hardcore match, and so many light tubes were getting beat up, which, again, you know, it's kind of like, don't do stupid shit, you won't be involved in stupid okay, shit. Okay, I've heard enough as is. Uh, I, I'd much rather... And he got, cut, he got cut in the neck, and I don't know if it was his jugular or what, but apparently he started freaking out. So he didn't die, is what you're saying. No, well, no, he apologized. So, but the point is, he's forty-nine years old, and his two major instances with wrestling, he's had to apologize for. So maybe you <laughs> should just sit down on the couch and watch this shit. I wouldn't call. He what should happened. be a. Go ahead, Hopper. He should be a fucking wrestlecade. He could replace uh, uh, what's his name, the the fucking uh pervert guy. The pervert guy. The pervert. Guy. Alvina. 
Val Venus? No, the, uh, God, what's his name? The guy that was uh, sending dick pics to the 16-year-old girl. Oh, James, uh, we're gonna have to I be more hear, specific. I did hear about that. Allegedly, Ellsworth said, "Yeah, said really? I did not hear about that. I heard Marty Janetti wanted to bang his daughter or some shit. Yeah, no, allegedly Ellsworth sent pics. Or, I don't know. They they've denied it. So like allegedly, I'm just telling you what I read on Twitter. I don't know if I don't believe it, but whatever. I okay. You know what I want to. You know what's better. Ivan uh, Koloff hasn't been involved in anything worthwhile in Crockett since Nikita turned his back on him. Let's le- let's hear from Uncle Ivan because even though he's not involved in anything, he does know how to cut a promo still. So here it is. The Russian bear Ivan Kolov back with us on World Championship Wrestling. The part of the unit at number one, Paul Jones. Right at this very moment, Paul Jones negotiating with Bob Geigel, president of the NWA, insisting that we get better competition in more cities. This is what we thrive on. You see, we want to be champions like the Garvins, like the Wyndham, like Dusty Rhodes. We want to be champions also. You know, one thing that I hate most in this world is a negative person. Somebody that's always going around complaining, always depressed. I'd rather not be around them. To be a winner, to be a leader, you got to think positive. And that's what we do. You see, Dusty Rhodes, as much as I despise him, he is a leader, he is a winner, because he goes out there, and even though at first try, he doesn't win United States title away from Lex Luger, he doesn't go in the corner and cry. No, he goes out and he masters the sleeper, now putting himself at the advantage, like Ric Flair. The world champion, he is a leader also. Everybody wants to be like him, world champion. But we are going to be. We are going to be champions because in our own right, we are champions. Let this be a warning to superpowers. Dusty Rhodes and Nikita, I have not forgotten, I have not forgiven what you have done, Dusty Rhodes. Influence Nikita, come over to your side, over to the American way. I will get even someday. And let this be a warning. Also, a challenge to the Rock and Roll Express, to the Garvins, to the Windows, and you, Road Warriors. Tonight, tonight in Baltimore, you look at Raging Bull, at Barbarian. They will be out here in one minute, and you will see part of our union at work. And it can be a combination of any of us tonight in Baltimore. You know, I think what you are doing, you are covering up your true colors with armor, with paint. Your true color is yellow, Road Warriors. And we're going to find that out. Paul Jones has got a a bag of tricks for you. He's going to pull one of them out in Baltimore tonight. And it's going to be your downfall. Why not go after the biggest international tag team champion? And that's what we're doing in Baltimore. Go to the ring, fans. Like I said, Ivan ain't involved in nothing major, but he can still cut a promo, and that's that. Um, Hopper, did you have anything from that other than the fact that I, you probably think Ivan sounded pretty good? He's fucking putting everybody over. Yeah, I mean, he does a good job, man. That's for damn sure. He can still, like I said, he can still cut a promo, man. He's 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 just that damn good. And hey, why is he putting over Dusty? Uh, he didn't put over Dusty. He said he hadn't forgot how Dusty poisoned Nikita's mind that he will get revenge. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think he needs well, to I move mean, on. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, Doc, anything from you? So I'm trying to find. I'm looking at this. What Ellsworth supposedly sent, dude. Jesus Christ. Here's my question. If social media and smartphones had been around in the 80s, we wouldn't even have wrestling. <laughs> oh, fuck no. The entire no, locker rooms would have just been locked up. Could you imagine a fucking Jade to Snake Roberts in 1987? Good God. What a I, fucking I, smartphone. I mean, he's the classic example, but go back to Mike. I mean, how many would you trust any of the old heads that you knew with a damn smartphone? <laughs> So, <laughs> ironically, we were talking about something completely different today, and Doc asked me at work. Um, I can't remember how you phrased it, but you said something to the effect of, um, can you imagine if there were smartphones in the, in the 90s and early 2000s? And I said, you know, part of me says I wish there was because that means I'd have more pictures of, you know, people like Chris Adams and Iceman King Parsons and people like that, but... Um, because uh, back then the only way you got a picture is if you literally carried around a freaking camera and, Mark. I mean, yeah. And if you did that, that's exactly what the guys would call you. So anyway, um, I was like, you know, part of me says, yes, I like kind of wish because then I'd have pictures. But the other part of me is like, no, cause man, I lived between the ages, you know, like from 20 years old, you know, for eight to 10 years, man, I, I, I literally was able to live my life without fear of some stupid picture or video popping up on social media. So not just for me, but just, I mean, God, some of the shit I saw on the Indies back then. Like Good what? Lord. What's the most craziest thing you saw back then? Oh, I can't. Nice. I, Good I'm question. Not even, you don't have to I'm say names. Even, yeah. Do you see anything as bad as Man. what Harper just described? Well, I saw a dude um, get so pissy drunk and pass out. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that I can't say this, Brockett. I say even, it. no, no, because this he shit person, on himself, huh? Well, I've seen that, but the person, this person, there's a chance this person listens to this, and okay, and, yeah, I can't. we don't want you to, we don't want you to get stretched. Yeah, no, I, I'm like fear legal trouble if I mention this. That's why I can't say it. Okay, well, just don't uh, say that name. And these are much and these are much show workers. So imagine guys with real money on national TV running around drunk and pilled up around the country with access to girls and all kinds of stuff. And they're driving. And they're driving and they got <laughs> smartphones. So you need to entertain yourself because you've got a lot of time to waste. So here's here's one I can tell you. One time Chris Adams was in a club and this was after his show. And everybody listens to this. No, they've. I'm sure they've heard the stories. Chris Adams starts drinking. He he like would turn into another person. Like I, this dude was just reckless. And he gets into this freaking argument with some some dude in there. And let me tell you, bro. Chris Adams is is that super kick was not a work when he wanted to use it not as a work. <laughs> no joke. This son of a bitch. He's arguing with this guy. Who, who, I, I think Chris would have knocked him out, but I mean, it had been a pretty violent fight. And he's, he's in this club and he's winding up like he's getting ready to throw his super kick on, <laughs> on this dude. So one of the dudes that I'm with drags him out of the, of this bar slash club. 
and Chris is just wild in this parking lot. Like he's he's basically you can't control him when he's drunk, man. He's just nuts, and he's literally the, the you know there's there's people in between Chris and this guy, but Chris is like just winding up, and bro, I've seen enough fights in my day where I ain't breaking people up. Y'all can settle that shit, gas yourselves out, like blow. Cause when I say gas, blow yourself up. I'll separate it once y'all blown up, but I'm not jumping in the middle of this bullshit. And no, they never fought, but I just kept waiting for this group of four to five people who are keeping them separated for one of them to get knocked out cold or two or three of them just from trying to separate it. But Chris is, he kept winding up like he was ready to turn a super kick and he's pissy drunk. That's the worst part about it. So, and that's just a minor thing that you see. So I can't imagine some of the stuff that these because again, they had all the time in the world because they were traveling by car. So can you imagine the shenanigans that they thought of, Hopper? Fuck, oh, man. Somebody got somebody got pegged. We just don't know who. Yeah. Who got pegged? They got square pegged. Remember that show? Yeah, square pegs, square pegs. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, where uh, Hopper or Doc? Anything else before we keep? Where on? are we? Yeah. You threw me for a loop. It was. <laughs> we were talking about cell phones back in the day. You said the entire yeah. 80s locker room would be in jail. Oh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, which Chris Adams, Chris Adams, so, so, which Chris Adams, it's been time in jail, Doc. You're, you know. Right. So let's let's. um, Ivan Koloff was where we were at. He ought to boot Paul Jones out of the way and become a player coach on this stable. Okay. Yeah. He needs uh, something, man. Well, Ivan's career effectively died when Magnum got in a car accident and Nikita left Ivan. Yeah. It's been downhill yeah. since. That was it. That was it. So after that match, Doc, you kept saying Manny was gone. I was like, nah, he ain't going yet. Well, Manny ain't gone because Manny and the Barbarians. I, I know defeat. one thing. He's standing out there missing Rick Rude. <laughs> He is. Manny, he is. He really is. Rick Rick leaving, uh, you know. Yeah, because they were on every fucking week. Shoot, they shoot the sure show were. Up. Every week, Rube Heavy was a metal, great. Daddy. Well, yeah. and Rube was a great prick. A great freaking heel. But Manny, Barbarian, defeat Rocky King and George South. Um, we go straight from there, Doc, to the opening clip that we saw at the beginning of the show where – Cornette and Ric Flair out there and Tony and Davis throw us to that match where the Midnight are wrestling Ronnie and Jimmy Garvin. Um, Rick again decides he wants to get a piece of the action because Rick is pissed with Ron Garvin after the dream date still. I mean, we're still only a few weeks removed from that. Uh, Garvin in this process of, uh, or Rick in this process of getting in there to mix it up with Garvin, uh, Garvin symbolically pins Flair in the middle of the ring with a roll up um, they go back to the studio, and but to be honest with you, man, this live crowd was hot when all the way Garvin, live. They were all the way live. But anyway, Doc, your thoughts on Ric Flair getting in here with Ron Garvin, um, interrupting this match with that with the Midnight Express because they were all the way live. That crowd, that was a rock and roll pop, is what that was, man. That was the rock and roll express level, dude. That crowd was insane. So a couple of things. Here, How here you want to hear it? Here, here, let's hear it for a second. Now I'll come back uh, to you. Yeah, that's good. One of the beautiful bodies go at it. 
past Jimmy Garvin and sweet stand. Rick Flair still now with Ronnie Garvin. He's got Garvin. Garvin goes behind him. He's got the champ rolled up for the count of three in the pin. All right, so that's when Garvin pinned Rick, but go ahead, Doc. I didn't want to interrupt you, but they, they went nuts. They came out of their seat when Garvin. Yeah, people were jumping up and Rick. down. How hot do you think it was in that building? It's oh. August. In the August south. 15th in the south? Yeah. God hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> hot. You probably want to run any rat that you drug out of there under a shower first. Yeah. Not a cold shower. Okay. Harper, how hot you think it was in there? Fuck, dude. <laughs> hot enough to where you, you just stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> These people couldn't, though, because they're marks. So We're all marks, brother. Dude, Rick's chest busted open after the first slap, too, I think. Yeah. He had a little Pop, and he was bleeding. I was like, holy shit. Those two guys just get off on beating the piss out of each other. <laughs> Then, then, why did they count a pin? I know why, but the yeah. logic in me is like, why? <laughs> Rick's ass is hanging out, Bobby Blaze style. You can see his damn prostate up in there. That's nice. Yeah. Remember that, Hopper? When Bobby got pinned that time yeah. and, Candido, and Candido ripped his tights off and you got a, you got a full moon of Bobby's ass? Mmm, yum. <laughs> um, so Rick's chest is bleeding He got pinned and his ass was hanging out Not a good Saturday night for the champ No But those two just And then everybody fighting around them Because Wyndham came out Man that was just chaotic And the people were into it So my thing is We've bought Florida, we've bought Kansas City We've bought the UWF business is failing. Man, fuck that. The people were still loving this product. Crockett's a bitch, man. He fucked this wow. up. Yeah, I just finished sucks. I finished the Nitro book and I'm gonna tell you who killed WCW. Jim Crockett Jr. Okay. He yeah. said it on the the minute he sold it to a corporation, he set the wheels in motion. How long it took or all of that, and there's some dirty bastards along the way, but the minute that shit got in corporate hands, it was doomed. But you know what's funny, Doc? Imagine if they would have weathered the storm and would have made it to now. They would they would have had the longevity and the brand, so to say, to where they would be in that publicly traded arena like WWE and would be signing these record deals that WWE is signing. If they just would have weathered the storm and could have made it. That's the sad part of it. He was too busy doing fucking snorting stuff and buying jets. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, yeah, they, they did fuck it up in that way, but you know, it is what it is. So I, blame, I, I, I just finished the nitro book and Jesus, is it detailed? I mean, they get into some like accounting, some chapters about like corporate accounting and shit. But it's all doomed because there's a bunch of corporate shitheads involved at every turn. And you know what the corporate waters are like. Those those are shark-infested waters of people who don't give a shit about anything but them their damn self. Uh, I don't want to take too long of a detour, but basically what you just said. Okay, so let's keep going. Any other thoughts, Doc, on Garvin and Rick there and the crowd going nuts? 
I, I just, man, I cannot see how the, the, that crowd was that enthusiastic. And we can't copy and paste that around enough of an area to be a profitable entity with a national TV product, a burgeoning pay-per-view product, and the best wrestling on the planet. It just seems like you had the recipe to Coke in a money printing machine and you fucking peed on it. That's nice. <laughs> okay. Anything else, Doc, before we go to Ric Flair? I, oh, I got hot at watching that, man. But, uh, yeah, Rick's can come out there and rip the bandage off, quite literally. All right, so let's go to Ric Flair now, and Rick's got a promo to cut. And, uh, yeah, let's hear what he's got to say. There it was, and here he is, the world heavyweight champion, Nature Boy Ric Flair. You know, Tony Schiavone, you made the remark not less than three minutes ago. And it's either going to be Garvin, the next world champion, or Garvin out of the sport of professional wrestling. And you see what really calls me is you're looking at a big revenue man in this business and in this company. But the Crockett and the NWA will stop at nothing to play this kind of garbage on TV week in and week out trying to be a little me trying to embarrass me and trying to make Garvin look like the better man. Back that camera up. I gotta have room to walk when I'm talking tonight, baby. Come <laughs> here, Tony. Now look over here. You see this right here? This is what being Ric Flair's all about. You see this? I can take off my clothes. I can jump in a limousine. I can wrestle any man alive. It don't make any difference to me. Let me show you what fighting Ronnie Garvin's all about. Because it don't make any difference. This is Ronnie Garvin right here. You see it? This is Garvin. I do this for a living. I'm the best there is. I am Ric Flair. And damn it all, nobody at God's greatest will embarrass me. Try to make me look bad. Now I'll tell you how it goes, Garvin. You got two choices. Either you back up now and go someplace to hide, or you gotta accept the consequences of jumping on me. And the way I see it, pal, is you're not ready to wear $1,000 suits. You're not ready to manage a financial empire. You're not ready to make love to every good-looking woman in the world that says, I want to go to bed with the champ. You're not ready for that. And most of all, you're not ready to jump on me. And this, this is a way of life. I have a way of life. This is a way of life. Come here, This is a way of life. Right here. Mine, bought and paid for with blood, sweat, and a ton of guts. And Garvin, I'm going to wrap this up by telling you that clothes, cars, women, money, all of them are secondary to this. This is mine. This is my life. And if you think you're going to take this from me, as God is watching me right now, I'm telling you, you are going to be out of this sport. You know why? 
because I'm Ric Flair, and I'm the king of the ring. I'm the man that makes this sport go round and round. And brother, what you've done to me has really sent me north of where I should be. I've lost it. I've lost reality. And when I lose reality, somebody else pays the price of a lifetime. Woo! We'll be back, fans. Don't go away. So we got crazy Rick right there. Doc, I guess I'll throw it to you first. Man, Ronnie's under his skin, quite literally, man. He's opened up his skin. He grabbed that bandage and just slapped it and was like, all the way live, pal. He is admitting that he's under his skin. He's basically out there on live TV for 12-year-old us saying he's got to go bed down beautiful women. (laughs) Just, but all in all, through all of it, He's not ready to give up that title. He's gonna give he's gonna give Ron Garvin a chance to to hide, and I think that's real generous of him. Did he say all things come secondary to that title, including women? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. He's full of bullshit with that one. I call bullshit. Women are not know. secondary. For him, I don't know. Man, he was okay. a champ for a long time. Well, that's true too. He's rolling though, right there. He was, he was, he was cutting it. Okay, uh, we had a T. Joe Khan sighting. Oh Jesus God! Christ. Yes, T. Joe Khan comes out and he who defeats... let that bastard back in here? He they he said def- he'd been on an Asian tour. Yes. I was like, dude, did I'll, he move there? I was gonna ask Harper. So Harper, they, I know you didn't see this part of it. T. Joe Khan defeats uh-huh. Keith Steinborn. They say during commentary that T. Joe was on a tour of Asia. Uh, question for you, and I know you have no idea if he did, was or wasn't in Asia. What are the odds that he was in Asia uh, when they, uh, you know, that he really was on a tour, or are they just I, full of bullshit? I think what they meant to say was he went and saw that band Asia on tour. <laughs> that went over Mike's head, but it was good. <laughs> I liked it. You got me. That was good stuff. There was a uh, band called Asia in the '80s, Mike. Yeah. Let's they see. were terrible. Like when 40-year-old virgin. The- Did they sing Heat of the Moment? Right, yeah. That's a 40-year-old virgin. Dude. In the heat of the moment. Yeah. Opera singing again. Gotta love it. Okay. If, uh, by, other- if by Kansas City they mean Asia, then sure, why not? He was oh, getting yeah. shitty payoffs with Sam Houston over <laughs> in Bob Geigel's promotion. <laughs> Let's go now because I do think things are about to heat up in the episode because Jim Cornette comes out and you got to listen to it because he kind of cuts a promo and just drags on everybody right here. Jesus Christ, man. How does he not take a breath? Yeah, let's go to it because I thought this was a really, really good promo from Corny. Jim Cornette, manager of the U.S. Tag Team Champions. You know what my mother's gone and done now? My mother has gone and hired my good friend Jay Hickman to be the president of my fan club, and Jay took time out from his busy schedule down there to cheat a three here in Atlanta to bring me this nice trophy from my fan club. I want everybody to get a shot of that manager of the year, 1987, Jim Cornette. Isn't that pretty, Tony? You can take and admire that from my fan club while I'm finished talking. Now, you know, I want to say something. I've come out here the past couple weeks. I've made a few jokes all in harmless fun about Michael Hayes' singing, but I, I found out something today, and I feel real bad. I want to apologize. Michael Hayes is going to have to give up singing forever because of his throat. 
his throat. Yeah, somebody threatened to cut it. Let me tell you something, Michael Hayes, the rest of you Freebirds. Yes, as singers, you make good wrestlers, and as wrestlers, you ain't never gonna get the U.S. Tag Team belts away from a Midnight Express. So you might as well forget about it. You know, the Rock and Roll Express, they're laying awake every night, praying, hoping that somebody takes the U.S. Tag belts off the Midnight Express because as long as we got them, we're the number one contenders to the Rock and Roll Express World Tag Team title, and they know that those belts ain't never gonna be safe for a second as long as we're around. And you know who else? That's superpowers. Super, but you know the real reason why the Dusty Rose teamed up with Nikita Koloff? I'll oh. tell you the real reason, first time ever right now. The real reason is because Dusty Rhodes said 1987 was his funky like a monkey tour. Well, then somebody said, hey, Dusty, you ain't got no monkey. So he went out and teamed up with Nikita. You ever wonder why Nikita's hands are all skinned up like that? That's rug burns on his knuckles from where they dragged the carpet. Let me tell you something, Nikita. <laughs> you are an idiot. And Dusty Rhodes, you ain't got no chance, no hope of the superpowers ever having the U.S. Tag Team belts around your waist either because you can't whip the Midnight Express. Now, Barry Windham out here with Jimmy Garvin talking about they're going to be a team. The Garvin brothers couldn't get it done. We beat them. And then Ronnie Garvin and Barry Windham, we took the belts from them in the first place. So now Jimmy Garvin and Barry Wyndham going to be a team trying to take the Midnight Express. Who is Wyndham going to team up with next? Aunt Precious, I will admit she's the toughest one of the bunch of them. That face looks like 30 miles of bad road. So Wyndham, you team up with Precious. You get King Kong, Godzilla, makes no difference. Team up with my good friend Tony here. Look at that. You're all sickly looking. I don't care who, Wyndham. You ain't going to wear the U.S. Tag Team belts again. And as for the Road Warriors, how often does the Road Warriors get beat, huh? How often do Road Warriors lose a match? Hardly ever. Hardly well, ever. lost one of the Midnight Express at the Jim Crockett Cup, and they have tried and failed to take the U.S. Tag Team belts, so that means that they are not the most awesome team in wrestling. Jesus, Nobody Harper's giving his mic a blowjob. And you know what? I've been saying I want stiff competition. I've been saying I want to defend against a team that really has a chance of beating the Midnight Express. Who do we want? Randy and Bill Mulkey, Mulkey Mania. We want to defend our U.S. Tag Team belts against the number 13 ranked team in contention for those belts. But you know what? what? I heard from those Mulkeys. They want the match in Anderson, South Carolina. Their, their hometown. hometown yeah. That little Puco, you know what they got for a drive-in theater? They show slides on the wall of a barn. Well, let me tell you something, Muggies. We're going to defend against you, but I don't care. Please tell the mayor of Anderson to quit calling me. I am too busy tying up the line at my secretary's office. The mayor has called me five times already today. We don't want to wrestle in Anderson, South Carolina. We want to go to L.A. We want to go to Denver. We want to go to Chicago. We ain't coming to Anderson, South Carolina, brother. So you just get that out of your mind right now, Muggies. But we will defend against you because we want a real challenge for our United States belts. Ladies and gentlemen, the champions of champions, beautiful Bobby and Sweet. All right, Doc, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, Corny went off on a lot of people right Fuck. Now. Well, Harper, you first then. That's it. He didn't stop. <laughs> didn't take a breath, did he? No. How Here's long what was I, that? Uh, what, four and a half minutes? That's hard to do. He just... He, uh, we said this before, but he just doesn't come up for air, man. He just kept going. On different people. Yeah. Switching gears. So, I wonder, though, because he was all over the place there, which is fine with me. But if he listened to that today, would he go, man, I wish I, I'd like to really have that one back. I just wonder. And just focus in on one thing. Because he said that was one of the places where... You know, you go out there and you just get time. That in Dallas was t you could get you could kind of get going there. Didn't mean it was the best promo, but you got time to work on your craft. Yeah, you mean like um, if he wishes he would have slowed down a little? Not slowed down a little bit, but just he went all over the page, man. Um, 
I don't know. Here's the thing. I, can you imagine being him, being like 23, 24 years old and being on national TV and just – I mean, he's not a college-educated guy. He's a smart guy. But just I'm 24 years old, and I'm going to go out there and stare into the camera and just <laughs> destroy everybody on the roster. Yeah. You know what's funny? I actually think at this point it was easy for Cornette because – he came from Mid-South where he worked for Watts, and he told me how scared he was to make a mistake when he worked for Watts. So he's always talked about like how tough that was. He's never really said whenever we had him on here that working for Crockett was tough. Like working for Don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't easy working for Dusty, but I, I just know that he was like, yeah, man, I knew. Like, Think about it. He worked for the toughest son of a gun in the business. In mid-south, Man, uh, who of drove course. a hard-ass bargain. Watts was tough. Those roads were tough. There was nothing easy about that shit. Home of Louisiana was tough. <laughs> but, man, so, I, you know, Mrs. Doc is a school teacher. I was watching this on the TV the other night, and she came in. I say, you ought to teach your, show this to your kids at, public speaking and stuff and she's like yeah i was like no seriously try to get them to talk about anything for this long with that much confidence because you know teenagers they mumble and shit and they're not confident about themselves i was like that's a master class in how to like enunciate and orate and just be a good speaker yeah because he didn't stop man he just kept Mm -mm. going um but he's but he's got natural skills like he orates well he pronunciates things well yeah, and then you got it. Sean Royal on the other side of this. Yeah, Sean well, Royals. Uh. Let's be real. The last three promos with Cornette, Ric Flair, Ivan. I say Ivan and Dusty too. Uh, and they turned it up a notch compared to what we saw in the first half because that shit yeah. was terrible. It was pretty so, bad. All right, let's go back to be bad again. No, just it, it's fucking nonstop, and he buried everybody <laughs> in a good way. Uh, so. Yeah. After Corny, you heard him getting ready to introduce the Midnight. The Midnight Express take on Ricky Nelson and Dave Diamond. I don't have timestamps on this, but Cornette is rambling like a maniac on commentary. Uh, as Hopper's phone goes there's, off again. There's, the there's, fuck there it goes. That damn redhead. Um, Corny doesn't shut up on commentary. At one point, he was talking for like two minutes straight without Tony and David getting in a word. Doc, any thoughts on the, the match with the Midnights uh, here? No, that's exactly what I just corny. Don't stop. He really doesn't. He, I mean, literally did not stop at all. Then we had the mod squad defeat Italian stallion and Denny Brown. Uh, anything from that doc? God. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, Hopper. uh, Denny Brown did look as high as he normally does. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Barry Windham defeats Ed Franks. Ed Franks. What a name. (laughs) I wonder if he liked hot dogs. And then I'm, I'm not playing it, but Barry comes cuts a promo. Um, I, you know, he's talking about defending the Western States title. But earlier in the show, his new partner Jimmy Garvin is talking about them going after the U.S. tag belts. It's just, eh, I don't know what else to say. Doc, did you have anything from it? No. They, Poor it's old not Barry. Barry. It's not Barry. They just have not done anything right by him lately, and and that's a fact. 
Ivan defeats then Colt Steele uh, after Barry. And then we get one more promo from Ivan. But all Ivan's doing out there in that closing promo, he's promoting Flair versus Garvin. So uh, not sure why they sent Ivan out to do that. Um, could have sent Flair out again, but whatever. And that's actually how the episode ends up finishing with Ivan um, talking as they go off air. So, um, Doc, uh, I'll throw it to you. Harper got limited on time with being able to watch most of this. So uh, let's uh, let you and I rate it. Doc, what are you going to rate this one? Man, I went back and forth on this. Um because there's a lot of this that's not good. Yeah. But I but I got to tell you, man, when Rick and Ronnie got after it, I mean, all the way live. It certainly was. But there were long stretches of this 82 minutes that were long. Um, yeah, man. I think it would be disingenuous of me to give that anything more than a B. Felt like okay. they sent out the B team, so they should get a B. So somebody, somebody needs to tell this promotion they're in a war with WWF, and they need to step on it here. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. Ronnie and Rick was phenomenal. That portion of it, uh, Cornette was excellent. Rick Flair's promo was really good. So, Ron so. Anderson's been out there going nuts for a month, and you can't get him out there to cut a promo on somebody? Yeah, come on. But you got Sean Royal, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, maybe, I, maybe you drop it this thing up some more. Yeah, I, I got to go B-plus uh, on it. Yeah. It's just, there was a lot of dead dead parts of it. That's, that's the issue with it. But, you know, still good, and I'd rather watch this than turn on raw or whatever else is on nowadays. And that's David Arquette get hit with light tube. Right. Yeah. Right. So putting it in perspective, uh, I still rather watch this even at a B plus than uh, anything being put out today. But anyway, there's that. Uh, so uh, Rolex though, uh, I gotta go with Cornette. That was just too damn good to talk for four minutes straight or three minutes straight and just rip through everyone. I'm going with Corny. Who are you going with? I think, Everybody's tired of you being a, an apologist for Corny and just kissing up to try to gain back on the show. I would love to know how long he could go. Filibuster style. Have you ever I listened mean, to him on his podcast get on a political rant that goes – or that of the Kenny King rant or the one of bro, the Russo rants? I mean, he went for 25 minutes. I was thinking of the Kenny King one because I know you were making fun of the political ones, but with Kenny King, that motherfucker talked for like twenty minutes straight without anybody interrupting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he pretty, went it, off on Kenny King, and it was it was pretty amazing, phenomenal. It was great the way he just he lost his shit. Uh, very entertaining. So yeah, he can Harper. He can he can just talk without coming up for air for like 20 minutes at a time, man. Damn. I would tell you to look up the Kenny King one, but I don't know if their YouTube yeah. channel's back up yet. I've heard that one. Oh, it was pretty damn funny, but uh okay, so I went with Cornette. Doc, uh, are you going to stop playing heel and decide who you're going to give it to? Man, I got to give it to to Rick. He got his ass pulled out. He got pinned. He's doing everything. And Ron, don't get me wrong. We've talked about this week after week, how Ron Garvin, I ain't messing with them. No, I ain't messing with them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
No, sir. But Rick's right when he says, man, Ronnie can't Ronnie can't carry this like I do. But man, Rick is making him look like a million bucks in the process. You know what's um, so true? Let me ask you this. Don't you think that Ron Garvin and Ric Flair are like great dance partners when it comes to wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because those two bastards just want to beat the shit out of each other. Like, I think back to when we first started doing this, when we were covering Saturday night shows, and, you, and Doc, you were the one that said it. It was when Magnum and Tully were just killing each other mm-hmm. uh, before before the I Quit match. And you were like, did nobody smarten these guys up to being a work? Like, you watch a Flair and Garvin match, and you wonder if they forget in the middle of it. Like, they know it's a work when they're talking about it in the back. But then when they get out there, they're like, "Oh shit, it's all the way live now, brother." <laughs> we're we're, we're it, we it, we forget it's a work. I don't know. That's kind of my thought process. I know they don't, but that's how good they make it look, and the people go nuts. All right, Doc. Any well, other thoughts for we? Uh, and and it's probably that competitive spirit too, because the minute you hit me with a chop, I got to hit you one harder, and then they're just trying to outdo each other. Oh my God, they're just killing each other. Um, Doc, you know we've been talking about this patron episode all night uh, with the Golden Shower. Jesus Christ! Um, it, I, I'm, let me tell you how great this patron episode was. I don't know about great. Well, how and how? Well, yeah, it was because if you're selling the product that you're trying to sell, maybe you should say "great dickweed." Yeah, it, okay. wore, it wore me out. I was emotionally spent <laughs> when we started this episode. I'm so sorry. If, so if we don't, if we didn't sound like we were into it tonight. It's because Harper just took us to the woodshed in the in the patron episode we cut earlier. And uh, Mike, if if they're people, these people are not patrons. And God, why wouldn't they be? Can you tell them how they can become a patron? Tinyurl.com/slash/patreonbtt. You can get all of the world class shows, Harper's Golden Shower Show. You can get the if you remember we did the BTT Broads episode. All of that is up for patrons. Also, whenever there are interviews, there's early access of them. Or just like when I when we do interviews, the whole interview is up in its entirety, so it's not broken up into parts like it is on the free show. But anyway, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. I've also been posting the video versions of the show that we used to put up for the early YouTube versions. So for Saturday Night in Smoky Mountain, you can look forward to video versions as well up on Patreon. So again, tinyurl.com slash patreon btt i have had a lot of people ask me about the old video versions and i can just tell you this fuck youtube i'm not using it i refuse to but i am posting the videos on day on um on patreon so patreon tinyurl.com slash patreon btt and you can get the video versions of the show too where you can actually see the promo not just hear it there you go uh, also, sounds like, hey. sounds like there's never been a better time to become a patron if you're not. And I just got to know, Harper is the is the uh, penicillin messing with your stomach? Does it hurt? Oh. <laughs> Side effects. My uh, balls itch. Yeah. You might need a you might need a good salve for that. Maybe uh, an ointment. Fuck. All right, I will be depositing some money in a Harper's account so he can go back to the clinic after his Saturday night that he just had. <laughs> Christ. That's nice. Uh, uh, if you want to help out Harper further, go buy his T-shirt as well. Uh, but yeah. again, it's uh, also so check the links in the show description. The T-shirt links are all there for your for your um, uh, enjoyment. If you'd like a BTT T-shirt, please check them out. Also, 
It is the holidays, and you know these broads during the holidays, they like to shop and all that stuff. So make sure you, not only you use the Amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash Amazon, but make sure your broads are using it, your side pieces are using it, your side hose or whatever. It's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Or why don't you, the show. why don't you text your new, your new friend and ask <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, uh... <laughs> Sorry about some stuff that happened the other night. I don't know. It's not like me, but hey, if you're buying some stuff for Christmas, can you use my BTT the BTT link? Thanks a bunch. <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh, Doc, We're going to hell, ready? by the way. All of us. We, now Harper's going right. to Harper's going to the deeper part of hell where it's extra <laughs> hot. But the rest, Mike, we're going too. Oh yeah, we're going straight to hell. That's uh, nice. Harper. Hopper, uh-huh. uh, December 25th, Wildcat Sports, Meisler, right? 7.30. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wildcat is doing a Christmas night show. Um, you know how it is, man. Back in, the, back in the territory days, there were Christmas night shows. Well, guess what? Now's your chance to go watch some wrestling if you were in the New Orleans area, Gulf Coast, wherever, on Christmas night with Wildcat Sports at Meisler Middle School, 7.30 bell time. Doors open at 6.30. Any big names? Uh, let's see. That's Hulk where you Hogan. say me. That's where you say me. Hawk Hogan's going to be there. No, he's not. He's okay. too busy Hopper. racist back in the WWF. Hopper, who's your, uh-huh. uh, who is your toughest competitor? Life. <laughs> Jeez, Poor old Jay Spade. Come on, leave him alone. <laughs> All right, man. Um, Doc, you got anything else, man? I, I'm I'm trying to think if we have anything else before we get out of here. We got we got um we got Thanksgiving in a couple I, days. I, I, I feel like tonight's recording has aged me considerably. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a this has been a rough one. I'm a, you know I like to drink beer until I can't stand up or see straight and like get after it but man i feel like i need like a a a hot shower and maybe a a warm glass of milk and and just i need to go snuggle up (laughs) wearing bed doc Doc. (laughs) gerald green you're gonna love this uh but doc (laughs) i need a warm shower a hug and a juice box (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could use a couple of those things man i I, there was a time in my life where I'd have been out there living the dream brother like Harper here, but that was that was a good 15, 17 years ago. I'm just not exposed to that level of filth on a daily basis. <laughs> hey, Doc, should we real quick, before we get out of here, no. tell a story about our broads working themselves into a shoot? No. Oh, okay. I That's thought, extra. I thought no, the, the, look. Broads work themselves into a shoot. We know it. They know it. Everybody knows it. Hold up. I got to tell a story real quick. It's real quick. Oh. Doc, was, Doc was fussing about Mrs. Doc the other day at work. And and he said that Mrs. Doc got into it with little Mrs. Doc at the house. And, and Doc. So little Latrell starts questioning Doc about why Mrs. Doc is getting so mad. And Doc just no sells and goes, "Come on, son, let's go outside and look at the clouds, brother." <laughs> <laughs> just to, and if the moral of the story is, 
Doc was just trying to get out of harm's way, and he made sure little Trill got out of harm's way too, since his broad was worked into a shoot over nothing. It's one of the best things I could teach him is when these broads start to squab and just get the <laughs> hell out of town, man. <laughs> He's like, Dad, why are they arguing about such and such? <laughs> Doc doesn't break character, straight face, stone face. Son, let's go look at the clouds on the dark on the back patio. Damn right. Mm, right. Are we out here? Isn't it better than being in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what? well, there you go. Life Why are we out here, Dad? I don't know, but look at those clouds. Isn't it better than being in there listening to them? Jesus. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Doc, if you don't have anything else. Harper, you got anything? Yeah, let's roll. All right, Harper, hit the tagline for us and get us out of here. Fuck it, bitch. Before we get out of here today, I want to shout out uh, all the patrons and thank the patrons for their contributions to the show every single month. We don't have sponsors. You know how we do it around here. No sponsors, just you guys supporting what we do, and we thank you very much for that. Special shout out to the Hall of Fame patrons out there. Josh Dunn, at Ryan in Auburn, good old Justin, K underscore row 86, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Arecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Pru, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, Slider 91 US, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, Ari Miller 39, Dustin Roberts, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinoza, JMM7530, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Codeman E22, Marty Howell, and T-Hog94. Thanks for being Hall of Fame patrons. And again, thanks to all the patrons out there who make this show possible each and every week, twice a week for us. Hey, and if you're a Hall of Fame patron and you're at your seventh month of membership, or you've reached your 18th month, and so on and so forth, subsequent to, uh, I should say, years, please send me an email. I will check. And... um. As long as you're due, I'll get you out your T-shirt. So thanks again for being Hall of Fame patrons. And until next week, we'll catch you. 
Book it, bitch.